All right, church, welcome back. Welcome back to our series entitled Helpful Compassion, keyword helpful. That is the key word that we're aiming for for this series. I trust that most of us care, that we, that we care when we see people suffering or hurting, that, that our hearts maybe go out to them, and, and, and yet sometimes we don't always know what we, we need to do or, or how we can help or what would be helpful. And so we might care, but then might get a little bit awkward about it, not knowing what to do, or we care and then maybe bumble our way through some sort of caring process, but ultimately that isn't very helpful. Well, We're working in this series through helpful responses to current challenges in our world today. So we're living in the in this era. If you're watching this in the future, we're living in the time of the great upheaval connected to the coronavirus, where the world is is still in this process of opening up after uh, shutting down for quite some time. And we are talking about certain topics that that are always going on in the world, but but are are particularly more uh, pertinent and more at work in these days that we're living in right now. We've talked about grief. We've talked about isolation and loneliness. And the, the aim for this series is to look at these topics and see, you know, if you yourself are impacted by them, then, then what to do or how to respond. But more importantly, if you know somebody, if you know people in your life, if you, your neighbors or anybody who your life intersects, if you know somebody who's struggling with these same topics, how to help them, how to help them in helpful ways. Today's topic that we're going to be looking at today is how to love your neighbor well, helpfully, if they're going through the upheaval of job loss, of job loss. Now, nobody likes losing their job. It, it can be such an, a complete life-upending like, experience. It can rock you to the deepest senses of your being it, when it comes to, to um, just uncertainty and fear and, and all those things. Uh, because job losses are higher than usual right now, in fact, actually this afternoon, I was looking at another article uh, just talking about how they, they're probably going to get a lot worse before they get better. I want us to be equipped. I want us to be equipped right now as God's people um, what, what to do and how to navigate if you yourself are g- going through a season right now of job loss or income loss or how to help your, your neighbor. If not you, how to help people whose lives intersect with yours if they're going through that same thing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, on Monday when I was kind of thinking about this and I, I just kind of started with a blank piece of paper and a pen, and I'm like, okay, what does the Bible say about job losses? And I guess I didn't really know uh, what was going to happen when I just started this brainstorming process. And I, I know that the Bible is full of great general wisdom for times of crisis and uh, uncertainty and upheaval and where we need to live by faith. And we're going to talk about a lot of that um, general guidance for moments like job loss uh, that, are, that are very relevant for today. But then, but then I started thinking, you know, I wonder if there's anybody in the Bible, if there's anybody in the Bible who has struggled with job loss. And I started thinking of these names, and I was like, whoa, actually there's several people in the Bible who have, who have experienced instant and powerful job loss, such as Joseph, right? Joseph, he is the, he's the prince of clan uh, Israel, clan Jacob. He's the prince of clan Jacob. He has the coat of many colors, the the tribal kind of like heir apparent coat. And he goes from this tribal heir apparent prince of clan Jacob uh, into, into one day 
his brothers selling him into slavery, and he loses all of that. And, and maybe we usually focus on the fact that he lost his family and, and all that he's known growing up, and there is that. I don't know how disturbed he was by losing his family. I mean, his brothers, they didn't seem close. <laughs> uh, or, uh, and his mom has already died before this moment, so it's just his dad, and his dad, um, although loves him fiercely, but, but um, have you ever thought about this being a massive job loss, an instantaneous job loss for Joseph? He goes through that extre- in extreme ways, and then he goes through it again after working his way up in Potiphar's home to being the chief of all the servants, or slaves in, in this case, uh, of all the workers of the household. He becomes the chief of them in Potiphar's house, and then one day again, he loses it all, and it comes crashing down. I, I guess just a quick note about Joseph specifically, Joseph's crashes connected to his job losses. His, his crashes connected to his job losses take years to recover from. I, I'm not going to gloss over that. They do take time to recover from. But in the end, it is through this process of these intense job losses that God leads him to his destiny. That God leads him to where God has calling him to go. Where as a teenager, he's getting dreams about his future. And God uses the job losses process a couple different times to get him from where he was to where God was going to bring him to be. God uses job losses to, to, to move people towards his destiny for them. That's Joseph. Uh, but there's other examples like Moses. Moses loses his job in an instant. Prince in Egypt probably uh, seems like he was a successful military commander for, for Egypt. And then instantly he's on the run, run for, for his life. And he has to leave the nation of Egypt. He, he becomes a shepherd, which we, we know in the Bible that the Egyptians despised shepherds. How is that significant? Well, because Moses was completely raised in the in the, um, in the Egyptian culture, and so he knew very deeply just how despised shepherds were. And so for 40 years, he was, he was out of Egypt, and he was a, a shepherd. Now again, not a quick recovery from that incredible job loss, but, I mean, he did have a job as a shepherd for 40 years, but he did fall from quite a height. But God will use, and this is key, God will use that season of, of job loss, moving him to a different career path, to say, to, say, to say the least, to shape him into the man that God is going to need him to be in order to do the great, enormous, significant task that God has set him apart to do in his life. We'll get to this in a bit, but perspective, people perspective if you experience job loss you're in your maybe your life comes crashing down or whatever keep perspective keep perspective God has walked some of the greatest most godly people in the Bible through the most intense job loss crashes and they didn't have the government that we have today which has unemployment or or or, or really this all the laws protecting people who are who are unemployed these people when they when their jobs crashed they crashed and they had to run for it i i i, I want you to keep seeing that god takes v- extremely godly people on this road and the call is if you can keep trusting him if you keep trusting him i'm confident that god will someday bring you out onto the other side for his great future for you in fact, let's just truth type for a moment. Let's truth type. God has a future for me. 
Go ahead and type that. Type that in the chat right now. God has a future for me. God, maybe you feel like everything's crashing down right now. God has a future for me. Type that down. Speaking of more examples of godly people who, who have job loss issues, David, right? David, he gets demoted unfairly several times, and then he loses his job as uh, commander, the head of the bodyguard, of Saul's bodyguard, a very prestigious position. He loses that, and then he's on the run, and he's living in caves, and he's, and he's um, yeah, he's just on the run for, for his life as an outlaw. But ultimately, God leads David through this process to his destiny as king of the nation. Now, the first name that I thought of isn't a godly guy at all, actually. Um, but still, it's the process God used to guide him to his destiny. It's a guy named Jeroboam, and Jeroboam was a hard worker. Um, Solomon, King Solomon, I saw this guy working really hard at Jeroboam, and he started promoting him. And, and I, he, gets, he gets promoted to be, I don't know, I, I can't remember, but maybe in charge of the workforce or something like that. Pretty significant role until one day. A prophet comes along, anoints him with oil, and says, you're going to be king of, of most of the tribes, uh, of ten of the tribes. And, and at that moment, Jeroboam loses his job and has to run for his life, and he runs down to Egypt. Instant job loss, and yet that was the process of him becoming uh, what he needed to do for now in order for him to be ready to be the king, the, the, the king of the, the northern ten tribes of, of Israel. And he wasn't a godly guy at all. God uses job loss to position people where he would have them for their future and for the future that he has set apart for them. Now, I was thinking about some New Testament examples, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't really think of any solid New Testament examples. Uh, the disciples, they quit their jobs. That is not the same thing. That's not the same thing as losing your job, not by choice. In Hebrews chapter 10, in Hebrews 10, 34, you read about the early church experiencing the confiscation of their property, the confiscation of their possessions because of their belief in Jesus. We know from history that, that the early church is experiencing job loss because of their faith. They are being kept out of strategic jobs or, or good jobs because of their faith. And so we know that the New Testament is being written in that context to people who are experiencing that personally. But you, you don't see many uh, very explicit uh, People in the New Testament who are suffering job loss. Uh, a guy this morning, Andy, he, he said, he suggested maybe the, the demon-possessed fortune-telling girl that Paul casts a demon out of, that, that slave girl. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that may be as close as, as you can get in the, in the New Testament. I also thought of like that Simon the sorcerer guy who gives his life to Jesus. But again, it just, it, you know, they're, they're very, very loose, not exactly the same. If you can think of other people, go ahead and name uh, Drop their names or whatever in, in the chat. Uh, it, but it, the, the point is that the, the New Testament, although it doesn't have a lot of specific examples like the Old Testament, it is full of, of guidance and it was, it's written to people who were having that experience themselves as well as other challenging moments. So what we're going to do is we are going to, I have 11 exhortations 11 exhortations. Now, I, I understand that you're only supposed to have three points. I have 11. Um, we're we're going to deal with that. Uh, 11 exhortations or encouragements or things that I would urge you to do if you yourself are, experience job loss. If you're going through that or the loss of, uh, you know, finances or whatever, these are 11 things that, that I would say, this, this is how to navigate this season. And then before I leave each point, I'm going to just modify it a little bit so we know how to help our neighbor with these 11 exhortations. 
um, connected to job loss. All right, so 11 urgings, 11, 11 uh, exhortations. Here we go. The first one, keep praying. Keep praying. If you've lost your job, don't give up on praying. Don't, don't just, yeah, keep praying. Keep praying. I urge you to pray passionately. I, maybe just raise the bar of the passion in your prayer life. Pray into your situation and then take notes. Take notes of what you're praying. Take notes of little answers to prayer, little signs of hope. Make a collection so that you can testify about God's provision for you, His hand watching over you, His guidance taking you from here to there. Pray passionately and take notes. Psalm chapter 50, verse 15. God says, call on me in a day of trouble. Call on me in a day of trouble. Call on me in a day of trouble. I will rescue you and you will honor me. I will rescue you and you will honor me. God is your provider. God's your provider. He promises to be with you and to rescue you in your day of trouble. And I urge you not just to pray, but to pray passionately. To pray passionately for God's provision for your next job. And to pray passionately for his fiscal, position, uh, his fiscal provision for you through this time of transition. Those two things. God provide for me today. And, and God provide for my future uh, through, through a new employment. Now that's if it's for you. If it's, if it's connected to your neighbor, and your neighbor could be like your spouse, or your, your parents, or your, your kids, your adult kids, or, or you know, just people that, whom your lives intersect. Um, if, if you know they've lost their job, I encourage you to pray for them boldly, ideally where they can hear it. And I, want, and I challenge you to pray with more boldness, with more faith than they themselves can muster. A lot of times when you're living through it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to have high faith, but you're coming from the outside, so pray boldly and passionately for them. That's number one. Keep praying. Number two, keep trusting. Keep trusting. Keep trusting God in this moment. Now, what does trusting look like? It's not just a thought. It's not just a feeling. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God or whatever. Trusting God looks like continuing to honor Him and trust Him with your finances. God asks, God asks that we trust Him by giving our first and our best. That is a trust test that God has for His people, that we trust Him with our first and our best. And all through the Bible, we see that God honors people who honor Him with their money. Now, I'm going to try and say something sensitively. I'm going I'm to try. I'm going to try and do this. And, and it is something that I'm not, I'm not wanting to, like, be hard on anybody at all, and, and and it's just a learning, just a learning moment, or just a little corrective moment. And I'm, I have a, a, a kind heart behind these words. Um, if you if you are going through a time where your your finances are crumbling or uncertain, and and maybe you you've lost your job, um, and and you look back and you're like, okay. Uh, why did this happen and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, okay, I'm not saying that this is why, but if you look back and you're like, oh, I haven't been giving money to God I, I, over the years. I, I don't want you to whinge at God for him not having, you know, watched over your finances over this last season. Don't whinge at God. If you haven't been honoring God with your finances, that God wouldn't honor your finances in this moment. 
Now, again, if that's, if that's your story, this is a good learning moment. And just make the shift as you go forward in your future. But you can look at the Bible and you can just see how, how much that God shows. Uh, God shows over and over again how much it matters to him that you give. That you give your 10% to, to, to his kingdom, to his church. And, and, and how he feels when he provides for you and then you don't give back to him in trust and in worship. And, and when, you, when you're stingy with your tithes and offerings, like, the Bible is clear about how God is offended about that. So, you know, like if that hasn't been your, your pattern, okay, maybe this is just one of those gr- nice, gentle, um, loud wake-up moments. Uh, but don't whinge at him uh, if that's been your story. Now, on the, uh, on the other hand, if your money has gone down, and I, I want to just make it clear that it is totally, totally, totally fine for you to reduce the amount of money that you're, you're giving to the church. You, the, the, the minimum in the Bible is this 10%. is the smallest percentage you can find in all of the scriptures. So definitely don't dip below 10% when it comes to, to Jesus and, and giving to the church here. Uh, that is by far the lowest percentage. 10% of zero is zero. You know, so it's, it's easy math there. But if your money has gone down, feel free to reduce without any guilt or, or anything the amount that you're giving to the church. But also, don't hoard in fear. Uh, it is so tempting when, you, when you're worried about money to hold on to it and to do the exact opposite of trusting God with it. The exact opposite of what God repeatedly calls us to do. And instead of giving our first and our best, we, we get through the month and see whatever we have left. And then if we have money left, we'll give that to God after we've taken care of, of, of our financial situation. But God says, you know, I want you to trust me with your first and I want you to trust me with the rest. Uh, I want you to give to me first. Don't wait until the end of the month. Give to me first. It's, it's a trust issue. It's a very tangible, practical uh, trust test that is so much harder in moments like this when there's uncertainty and, and, and maybe worry and all of that. Honor God with your, your 10%. That's how you say to God that you trust Him with your finances. That 10% of whatever He gives you, you, you worship Him with that uh, at your church. Now, remember when Jesus teaches on, teaches on money in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, he says, uh, connected to money, so don't worry. He says, don't worry. He says, don't worry saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear. For the Gentiles, it says, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. The unbelievers run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but this is how we are to be mindful of and, and set our focus on. But seek first the kingdom of God. Make sure that your focus is on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God first, not with whatever's left. Seek first the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. His righteousness, and all of these things, what we will eat, what we will drink, and what we will wear, will be provided for you. That's the words of Jesus. It's the words of Jesus. If your neighbor or, or your spouse loses their job, keep urging them to trust God. God says, test me in this. This is the thing. Finances and money and offerings, that is the context where God's like, test me in this. Test me in this. Keep, keep urging them to, to trust God and, and not, to, um, not to go self-protective first. Uh, okay, keep trusting God. Number one, um, no, number one, keep praying. Number two, keep trusting. Number three, keep calm. Keep calm. 
My guess is that your first emotion when it, when it comes to losing your job is intense fear or intense anger or, or the full gamut of very intense emotions. It can be such a, a, a world-rocking event in your life, and, and the, the intensity of the emotions can just be wild and powerful. And, and I, I want to just warn you against becoming bitter becoming bitter with the intensity of the emotions, bitter against your employer or, or a previous employer or, or, or your life situation or, or even God, you know, like, how could you let this happen to me? There are such powerful, strong emotions connected to this, this moment. So I, call, I challenge you to work through these powerful emotions quickly, quickly. Or work through your fear. Get on top of your anger quickly and fight for peace. Fight for real peace in your heart. How do you do that? Well, you can start working through the forgiveness process. Not that there's anything actually to forgive. You know, your, your employer probably didn't sin against you, although you might feel angry at them. And so you work through the forgiveness process for them. God didn't sin against you, but maybe you feel angry at God inappropriately so. And, and so you can work through your forgiveness process towards him. But work through the, the forgiveness of those, those directions where your anger and your, your stuff is directed. And then work to pick up peace. And how do you pick up peace? Well, Paul in Philippians chapter 4, he, he tells us how to pick up peace in any circumstance. He says, in Philippians 4, he says, don't worry about anything. What about job loss? Yes. Don't worry about anything, including job loss. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, whatever happens, through prayer and petition, 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 God help me, God help me, God intervene, God intervene. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And if you do that, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, which doesn't make, make sense that it's going to work this way, but it surpasses all understanding, that will guard, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How about that? Through prayer. Petition, asking God, 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 provide a job for me. Provide financially for me. With thanksgiving, identifying the, the, in your prayers the things that you have now to be, to be thankful for. Presenting your situation. God, God, you see my situation. I know you see. Here it is. I trust you with it. And let the peace of God guard your heart and mind against the fear, the dread, the anger, and all of that. If, you're, if this is your neighbor... That, that's lost their job, if it's your spouse or, or whatever, you can ask them about their emotions and, and how they're processing this, this upheaval and help them to see if, if there's anger that's a little bit out of control or fear that's out of control so they can address it and not let it take root and, and ruin, and ruin the, next, the next season of their life. We definitely don't want it to become bitterness. Okay, so keep calm. Three. Fourthly, keep loving. Keep loving. Now, this is entirely connected to the last one about keeping calm. When you're feeling the emotional darkness and, and anger and, and, and fear connected to the last point, um, it's important that we keep calm and we work through that because it's so easy, if we don't, to wreck the relationships in our lives, to, to, to cause pain in the people around us because we are in pain. And, and you got to know that if you're going through job loss, it's really important to keep loving the people in your life well. It's 
really important to keep loving the people in your life well. So many people, when they go through job loss, they just start hurting their, their spouses or their kids or, or whatever, and they're just lashing out. They stop loving their spouse well, and, and, and maybe they isolate themselves in their anger or in their frustration or in their intense feelings, or they go in depression. Maybe they get angry and rage around. Don't let that be you. Get on top of yourself. Work through those processes with God, those anger processes with God. Do not give you an excuse to, to be angry or mean or to damage your home relationships because of job crisis, because of job loss. Job loss shouldn't mean love loss. If that's the case, there's a, there's a deeper problem going on here. Job loss should not lead to love loss in your home. Losing your job does not give you an exemption from the second greatest commandment to love your neighbor. Your kids are your neighbors. Your wife is your neighbor. Your parents are your neighbors. Uh, your neighbors are, are everyone your, your life is intersecting. Um, if you're married, job loss does not give you, give you permission to get out of some of those commands of Paul. Like in Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives. You don't get out of that command because you've, you've lost, you're lost your job in this season. Now, if, it's, if, that's, if that's you, be on top of that one. Be intensely on top of that one. Now, if it's your spouse or your neighbor or just people in your life, and if they've lost their job, I encourage you to remind them of these truths, that job loss does not excuse love loss, and encourage them to love their family well and to, and to stay to keep their heart in their home. Encourage them to tend those relationships with intentional loving. Um, keep loving. Keep loving, number four. Keep healthy, number five. Keep healthy. Now, we've talked about this one often, and, and we talked about this with Elijah last week, about eating right and healthy and, and uh, sleeping and waking up at the right times and exercise and, and drinking um, good, good stuff uh, healthy-wise, being, being a little bit cautious about alcohol, especially in moments where you could tend towards extra darkness. We've talked about that. If your spouse or your neighbor... Um, uh, are going through job loss, again, just watch over them and keep encouraging them to keep moving, to keep exercising, to keep, to keep, uh, to keep doing the basics, to keep doing the basics. There's so much out of your control when you lose your job. But everybody can, can do these kinds of things. Keep healthy. That's number five. Number six. Number six, keep evaluating. What I mean by this is keep evaluating what the opportunity you're living through might be. What is the opportunity in this, in this moment? Or you can ask yourself, what is God doing with me in this moment of my life, in this moment of transition? I've lost my job, so I am transitioning. I, maybe I don't know what I'm transitioning towards, you're thinking to yourself. But what is God doing with me in this moment? Is he leading me through a Joseph, Moses, David type uh, crash, step down process? To progress me towards my destiny, towards the destiny that he has for me? Is that what is going on right now? Step back and evaluate what is God doing uh, in this moment? Is he moving me on a path that I wasn't going to move on unless he allowed this to happen to me? What is God doing with my life? Now, isn't that a question, right? This isn't truth typing, but, but just, just type that that prayer, that's a great prayer. God, what are you doing with my life? God, what are you doing with my life right now? What are you doing with my life? It's great to get and seek God's perspective, especially in times of upheaval like this. God, what is it that you're doing big picture? Where are you guiding? Where are you leading me? 
Uh, and during this time where you're looking at the opportunities, maybe step back. And step back and evaluate your dreams and the dreams that you've had since, since you were younger. Have you been on the right track towards the future that God has for you? What is that preferred future that you feel like God's calling you towards and, and yet uh, and maybe you feel like God's put in your soul for, for all these years? Are you on that track? Or is this maybe a moment, an opportunity to get more back on that track? One of the most misapplied verses in the Bible, maybe because it's also one of the most quoted verses in the Bible, but one of the more um, misapplied verses is in Romans chapter 8, 28. And it says, we know. Now, okay, we know. Like this is the Apostle Paul writing in, to Romans. He's like, we know. that This is what we know. We know fact. This is a fact. We know that all things, does that include job loss? Yes. We know, fact, that all things, including job loss, work together for the good of a specific kind of person with two attributes. What is the kind of person that all things work together for? Those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Those two attributes, for those who have those attributes, who love God and are called according to his purposes, all things, including, and we know this, all things work together for good, including job loss. Now, just because that verse is often misapplied doesn't mean it's always misapplied. If you love God, like actually love him, and you can see that your love is not just in your head or in your imagination or in your heart, but you can see it flowing out of what you do, how you live your life, what you say yes to, what you say no to, how you love, how you give, things like that. And if you're running towards God's purposes for your life, if that is your mindset and, and what you're doing, then this is going to work out for your good. This situation is going to work out for your good. This tough moment is not the end. You have a future. In fact, you have a good future. Let's just truth type. Let's just truth type again. Basically what we typed before, but let's add the word good. God has a good future for me. God has a good future for me. I'm pulling that right from Romans chapter 8. God has a good future for me. Now all these examples that I keep uh, mentioning, like Joseph and, and Moses and David and, and, and Jeroboam, all of, all of their, their job loss eventually, a key word eventually, eventually turn out for the good. Now if this is your spouse or your neighbor... Ask them about their hopes and dreams for their future from this point. Maybe go back. What, what was your hopes and dreams for, for your future when, when you were younger? Are, are you on that track? Maybe encourage them to take some steps forward. Because maybe this is the moment where maybe they don't believe that doors will open up. But maybe that's what's going on right now. And maybe if they just take a step forward, God will meet them in, in that in that process and, and move them towards the future that God has for them and maybe that he's put on our heart for a long time. Who knows? You won't know unless you take a step. But you can encourage them and, and help them evaluate their lives and, and where they're going. That's number six. Number seven, keep shrewd. Keep shrewd. If you lose your job, it's just for a season. It's just for a season. But I encourage you to be shrewd in the moment. To cut back, to cut back on your expenses as much as you can. Maybe shop at much less expensive grocery shops. Maybe go to the food bank. And if you're like, no way, I can't go to the food bank. I, I got to. It's for these moments, guys. 
it's for moments like this. Uh, this is when it's for, and you can just be like, oh man, I didn't realize how important the food bank was, so I'm gonna go and I, I'm gonna get food from the food bank, and then as I get a job, I'm gonna start giving food back to the food bank to take care of people who lose their jobs in the future and who are struggling in the future. That, that's how it's supposed to work. It's there for you. And then, it's, it's, you know, I, I encourage you to take advantage of that, to be shrewd with, with your money. Um, maybe uh, you can do some things that you wouldn't normally think of, like you can call up your internet. I don't know how long you've been on your internet contract, but you can slow it down and save money. You can slow down your internet and say, can you, can you slow down? Yeah, you can slow down your internet. And you can save money just for a season. Just for a season. You can reduce your data on your phone plan if that's come and gone um, and save money there. You can change your phone contract. Um, this spring, I called all of my monthly bills. I, I made a list of all of my monthly bills, and I phoned each one of them. And I was like, hey, is there anything that I can do to reduce reduce the bills here, and, and I'd hear what their options are, and pretty much everybody uh, reduced the bill. I, one of my bills, I got reduced by like three pounds a month. It was, very, it was a pretty small amount, but, but they, they added up to well over 100 pounds a month just because I phoned them, and I was like, you know, what can we do here? What, what changes can we make? And, uh, and actually, some things actually improved because the contracts were so out of date, but that's, a, that's another situation. Uh, so just call on those bills and see about reducing things. Maybe cancel Netflix. And you're like, oh my gosh, no way. Uh, no, yeah, that's, that's do it. You, it's not a requirement. Things that we think of are, are so essential right now. We got we to gotta start being shrewd and looking at our lives. Takeout, occasional takeout is not, is not um, it's a luxury, guys. It's a luxury. Be shrewd. Maybe sell some stuff on Gumtree that you don't have. Maybe turn some hobby of yours into money making. Keep shrewd. Paul knows how to have much and little. And as God's people, we can be shrewd in this. Uh, learn how to live on little in this next season. I'm just going to throw this in because I'm just remembering it off the top of my head. Remember Kelly, Kelly once told me she was uh, at, at a, a calf, I think calf, coffee shop months and months ago, kind of during lockdown. And, and she heard the, the, this person um, ordering their coffee. Is this safe to say? Can I, can I tell this story? You don't know the story I'm going to say. Uh, and she ordered this coffee and she was explaining to the barista about like how things have fallen off in their life and they had to stop their, they, you know, put their rent stuff on hold and mortgage stuff on hold and how they just didn't have any money and they're ordering this four pound coffee. I'm like, man, that's just kind of this, like, it's not, making, it's not making sense. Oh, but it's a luxury. No, it's time to be shrewd. You can be shrewd and just be like, okay, it's for a small season, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to cut the four-pound coffees, um, as, uh, however enjoyable they are. Um, how, do, how to love your neighbor if they're st stuck in being shrewd? Uh, you know, help them think this through uh, if, they're, if they're stuck in being shrewd. How to how love your neighbor if they're, if they're stuck with job loss or they're feeling that? Um, help them think through things like, you know, what's really important right now? How can they cut back? Do they, do they need Netflix? I know that they need it, but do they? Uh, fast internet, do they need that right now? Uh, occasional takeaways, do they need that right now? Help them shrewdly assess what's needed at this moment. Maybe just driving less, walking more, not spending money on the petrol. Uh, shrewd, keep shrewd. Keep shrewd. Don't rack up needless debt during this time. Keep, keep, it, keep it shrewd. That's number seven. Number eight, keep pursuing. Keep pursuing. Aggressive, and I'm going to say this word again. Keep aggressively, aggressively pursuing your future job. 
Keep aggressively pursuing it. Polish up that CV. Get somebody to look over it. Don't just search online for a bit and just be like, I can't find anything. Put your name out there on forums of the forums that are anywhere, anyhow connected to the industries that you're part of or the training that you're a part of or anything like that you would like to move towards. Put your name out there. I, I, you know, anybody know of any jobs out there? Get out there. Walk the streets. Go to places. Be aggressive. Network, 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 network. It seems to me, it seems to me that God often, that oft, God often answers prayers faster when it comes to provision. God often answers prayers for provision faster and more frequently when he's working with you as opposed to you're waiting for him to do all the work. Right? seems to me that God answers prayers for provision faster and more frequently when he's working with you as you get out there and work. As you look, as you search, as opposed to when you sit back and just wait for God to do all the work. Um, how to help your neighbor or your spouse in this? Keep encouraging them to get out there. Offer to look over their CDV, CV. Um, offer to, you know, maybe you can connect someone who's maybe a little bit better with CV stuff than you. Network for them. Hey, you know, I, I have a buddy who's looking for a job in this area. Anybody, anybody know anything? No? Okay. But, but network for them, stuff like that. Keep pursuing, number nine. Number eight. Number eight, keep pursuing. Number nine, keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking for help. Keep asking for help. It can be humbling. But, but keep asking, like, like, like that parable that Jesus tells where the neighbor wasn't prepared for their moment. Then somebody shows up to your neighbor's house. They weren't prepared. Maybe, maybe job loss has shown up to your house and you weren't prepared for it. You can knock on the neighbor's door and be like, I, I need help. I need some food. I, I wasn't prepared for this moment. Um, if, if that's you, keep asking for help. If it's your neighbor or your spouse or whatever, or people that you know and, and, and care about, um, maybe you can ask on their behalf, hey, my, my buddy needs help. My, my, uh, my, my family person, they need help. Um, the Bible also talks about, to believers about lending to those who need lending. And I had a bunch of scripture verses for this. Uh, surprised really at how much the Bible talks about um, how the righteous will lend to those in need. And uh, I kept scratching more and more out. I got a few here. Matthew 5, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, don't turn away from those who want to borrow. That's pretty clear, right? Don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Don't turn away from them. Oh, wow, but what if they can't pay me back? What if they don't pay me back someday? Well, Luke chapter 6, Jesus again. Lend without expecting to be repaid. Oh, but I got plans for that money. Or, or what, what about, you know, uh, that, that, that could, that's, that's not my plans, my, my future. Uh, well, Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 17. When you give, it's like lending to the Lord. And the Lord will pay you back. And the Lord will pay you back. You know, some, some of your, times your neighbors just need some extra money at this moment to get through this time. And, and you can lend to them and, and, and they can pay you back when they get their, their job. But don't get obsessed about them paying you back. Just lend open-handedly. That's just a, a quick tip my dad once taught me, and it's done good for my heart. Okay, so that's nine. Keep asking. Ten, keep exploring. 
Keep exploring your options for temporary income. I mean, obviously sign up for unemployment and look into the grants and the loans for people in your situation. I saw the self-employed thing uh, that, uh, that uh, hundreds of thousands have not uh, taken advantage of this government self-employment scheme in the UK, which closes tomorrow at midnight. Uh, so if that's you, uh, 7,500 right there. Uh, apply for unemployment, uh, sorry, apply for the grants and all that that you might might be eligible for. Consider selling stuff online if you've got skills like a handyman skills or whatever. Maybe you can you can kind of be like, hey, you know, I can fix that for a little bit of money or, or you know, like, hey, I'll clean your house for a bit, a bit of money or, hey, um, you know, you're going to be out of town. Okay, I'll, I'll take care of your pets or I'll watch your house or there's sometimes there's just there's those miscellaneous things out there. Uh, if you have an, an extra room, maybe rent it out for, for a, a season here. Again, if this is your spouse or your neighbor, help them brainstorm ideas to look for opportunities such, uh, such as, hey, you know, my neighbor's going away and they're looking for someone to walk their dog for a little bit of money. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of connect, connect those, those things together. Keep exploring. Keep exploring. Uh, and 11, and, f and lastly, keep perspective. Keep perspective. As I started saying from the beginning, realize that this is a challenging moment, which is not at all probably what you wanted and what you were hoping for, but it is not the end. It, it's not the end. And, and even some of the most godly people in, all, in the Bible have faced moments just like this, where, where they lost their jobs and they lost everything, but God was with them in that moment. God was with them. Uh, maybe truth type right now, whatever your situation, God is still with me even in this. I don't know what your this is, but in this moment of yours, whether it's job loss or not, whether it's something else going on, God is still with you even in this. And type that God is still with me even in this, even in this. And I think of, I think of you know, people that have gone through things like job loss, like Job. He didn't lose his job, but he lost everything. And yet God led him to his future and, and double, a restoration of double of, of everything. Randomly, I thought of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, in, in not a believer at all, king of Babylon, of the enemy. And, and, he, and he was this great king, and he lost everything. He lost everything for seven years. He lost his mind. He lost his kingdom. And then seven years later, God gave it back to him. And he, he wasn't even a believer. Keep perspective, people. This is not the end. And maybe this is just an extremely unpleasant transition season into a much better future for you, into the destiny that God has for you, the plans and purposes that he has for your life, and positioning you around a new set of people where he has plans for your impact in their lives. Who knows? I don't know what's going, what's going to happen specifically for you, but I know you don't need to despair. And you don't need to give way to fear. God is with you. God's with you. And, you know, if, it, if you're dealing with your neighbor and, and you want to encourage them, encourage them with this perspective. This is just for a moment. And God's with you. Job losses are really challenging to navigate emotionally. Uh, spiritually even, sometimes people like turn on God and get angry at God for, for this. Uh, they're, they're difficult financially. and They can hit pride buttons in your heart and, and life that you didn't even know were there. Um, Self-reliance buttons that you didn't know were there. And I urge you though, it, it, urge you, if you have to walk this challenging path, if this is, if this is your path, I, I 
implore you to keep praying, to keep praying, to keep trusting God with this moment, to keep to keep calm and to not let the, the intense emotions take over and keep loving the people in your lives well. To me, that's, that's the, my, uh, my most important part of this message for my own heart, that, that desire to see us continue to stay calm and love the people in, in, in our life well. Don't go dark. Believe. Believe that God is with you and that there really is hope for you and your future. The challenge for you is, do you know someone who's experienced job loss? Go and help them. Uh, you're armed with 11, 11 exhortations, 11 assessments, 11 things that you can, you can talk with them about and encourage them, them through. 